Welcome to Raising Christian Kids. Your host, Leanne Mancini, is extremely passionate that children build a strong, foundational relationship with Jesus before the age of 10. Children need head and heart knowledge in order to stand strong against the world's ever-increasing rejection of Christianity. You will be equipped with methods and techniques to help to solidify a relationship between your child and Jesus. So let's dig deep and help the next generation to love Jesus with all their heart, soul, and mind. Hello and welcome to Raising Christian Kids. I am just so excited to have this guest on my show, and his name is Ken Ham. Ken Ham is one of the top biblical apologetic speakers in North America. He is the president, CEO, and founder of Answers in Genesis U.S., the highly acclaimed Creation Museum, and the world-renowned Ark Encounter. As an author, he has sold over 3 million copies of his impressive collection of 26 best-selling adult and children's books focused on the relevance and the authority of the book of Genesis. Husband, father of five, and grandfather of 18, Ken has a heart for passing on a legacy of faith and truth to the next generation, as well as equipping others to defend their faith and share the message of salvation. Thank you, Ken, for being on the show today. Hey, it's great to join you, Leanne, and talk about this topic, for which I have a big passion in regard to raising up children. Yes, absolutely. We need to raise, we need a revolution on how we're raising our children. Otherwise, we're going to be in a lot of trouble here shortly. And so that leads me into the questions that I have for you today. The first one. What do you think the world will soon look like if parents, grandparents, teachers, ministry leaders don't step up to raise the next generation according to the Shema prayer in Deuteronomy chapter 6? Well, you know, if you want to know what it's going to look like, I think you could look at what it looks like today and what we've seen happen catastrophically over the past few years. You know, one of the problems we've seen in our whole Western is that we are losing the younger generations from the church. And if you look at, for instance, England, I mean, church attendance is down to about 4%. And it's very similar in, you know, Australia and Canada, across the rest of the United Kingdom. Europe, of course, is even, you know, the rest of Europe is much less. But if you look at America, if you look at some of the statistics uh, that have been compiled over the past few years by secular research groups, Pew Research Forum, for instance, back in 2010, showed that when you divide, you know, our generations up into groups according to when they were born. So the greatest generation born before 1928, 56% of them went to church. Then as you go down through the silent, and then you come to the baby boomers, which I'm a part of, 32%. And then you come down to generation X and then generation Y, the millennials. And you find with the millennials, it's, uh, well, you're getting down to 18%. This is back in 2010. And then you've got generation Z now, and then generation alpha, which is the, the youngest ones. But if you look at more modern research in 2018, GSS Data Explorer, they found that when you look at those younger generations, now it's down to 11.3%. In other words, we are losing the coming generations from the church. And then when you look at Generation Z, George Barner, who's a Christian researcher, found they are twice as likely to be atheist as any previous group. In other words, twice as likely to be atheist as even the millennials. And the recent research by the Gallup poll found that they are six they, they say that 16% 
of Generation Z are LGBT. Whereas if you go back to, you know, the, the older generations over 70s, it was like one point something percent. But now 16% are LGBT. And then what's happening? As they become secularized by the public education system, much of the church has compromised God's word, hasn't taught them the foundation from Genesis, said you can believe in evolution millions of years, doesn't matter, which has undermined the authority of the word, hasn't taught them apologetics to defend their faith. We've lost them from the church. And then they build a secular worldview. And if you build your foundation on man's word, not God's word, then ultimately anything goes. You know, Judges 21, 25, when there's no king to tell them what to do, everyone does what is right in his own eyes. What do we see permeating across America and across the whole Western world? Moral relativism, as we see, you know, gay marriage and abortion and racism and euthanasia and pedophilia and your transgender and all these issues that we see, which all have the same problem. People build their thinking on man's word instead of God's word. And that's why, you know, Deuteronomy 6, I know uh, God instructs there to be teaching your children when you sit down, when you rise up, when you walk, when you lie down in 100% of your time, you're training your children and where to give them that biblical foundation from God's word. Yes, I love your material. And in your book, you call it a Sunday school faith. We're giving our children a Sunday school faith. They only have faith that they get from going to Sunday school or some uh, Bible stories we read to them. And what we're doing is just not enough. We have to do so much more. Don't you think so? Well, you know, it's not just a matter of what we call Bible stories. In fact, we even have a problem with that because today the word story with our modern vernacular has come to mean fairy tale. And kids have the idea, you know, you learn these stories at church, but real stuff you learn at school or on TV or something like that. And see, the Bible tells us always be prepared to give an answer for what we believe, to give a defense. That's 1 Peter 3.15. The thing is, it's one thing for you to know what the Bible teaches. It's another for you to be able to deal with the secular attacks of our day. And that's where there's been a great neglect. And I think there's been a neglect in two major areas in regard to raising children from the church and from our Christian families. And that is number one, there's been a neglect to teach them how to answer the secular attacks of our day. I mean, Genesis 3, we read that the devil came to Eve and attacked the authority of God's word. Did God really say, Genesis 3, 1? And Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 says the devil's going to use the same method on us as he did on Eve. And that method is to get us to doubt and not believe the word of God. I call that the Genesis 3 attack. And the Genesis 3 attack manifests itself in different ways down through history. If you think about it, Peter and Paul didn't have to answer questions about carbon dating. You know, Martin Luther didn't have to deal with dinosaurs. The word dinosaur is a modern word. Carbon dating is a modern invention. But they had to deal with all sorts of attacks on God's word. But today, the teaching of evolution, millions of years, and what's happened in the secularization of the education system and television and so on, the questions we get today are questions like, well, how do you know there's a God? Hasn't science disproved the Bible? Well, where did Cain get his wife? How do you know the Bible is true? But Noah couldn't fit the animals on the ark. Where'd the races of people come from? I mean, all these questions that pertain to the history in Genesis. And a lot of times, much of the church and many of our families have said, well, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Look, just, just trust in Jesus. But the point is, the message of Jesus comes from the word of God. And Genesis 1 to 11 is the foundation for the whole Christian message. In fact, that's the other neglect. If you want to teach your children to deal with the gender issue, the marriage issue, the LGBT issue, the abortion issue, the racism, you've got to give them the foundation of Genesis 1 to 11 because it's the foundation of all doctrine 
for the rest of the Bible, for our whole Christian worldview. And unfortunately, most have not done that. In fact, a lot of churches have turned into more entertainment than they have teaching the word of God and equipping the coming generations to withstand the attacks of our age so that they can withstand this tornado of moral relativism that's ripping around us. Absolutely. And, you know, Genesis, as you're saying, that's the foundation of God's word. And that's where the devil wants to attack. He wants to crack away at that foundation, just like he wants to crack away at the foundation of our children and in their minds. And he wants to also destroy revelation with the misconceptions of different viewpoints about revelation as well. If he wants to attack the beginning and the ending and everything else in between will fall if people listen to that. So I think it's very important that our parents know the truth about Genesis and teach the children the truth about Genesis. And so that leads me to the second question. In your many books, you express how important it is to know that the earth has not been around for millions of years. Please touch upon how fossils prove the earth is not millions of years old, according to the word of God. Well, you know, Leanne, here here comes another one of those issues in regard to apologetics, okay? And that is this. If you look at the younger generations, we actually did research on this. We published a book a number of years ago called Already Gone, where we actually had our researchers go out and find those young people, primarily millennials that used to go to church, no longer go to church, and ask them, why do you no longer go to church? And a lot of the issues they brought up were things like science, evolution, you know, how can you believe the Bible's true in this day and age and so on. But one of the issues that comes up over and over again, if you look at the atheists that are really becoming more aggressive in our culture today and what these young people said, one of the issues that they bring up over and over again, how can you believe in a loving God with all the death and suffering in the world? You see, if you just look out at the world today, you see death, you see disease, you see suffering. And the atheists look at that and say, where's your God of love? Now, what's that got to do with millions of years? Oh, it's got everything. Because you see, the idea of millions of years in our modern era came out of atheism of the 1800s, when people who want to explain everything without God by naturalism, and naturalism is atheism, and that's become the basis of our public education system today, when people who want to explain everything without God said the fossil layers weren't laid down by the global flood of Noah's day, they were laid down over millions of years before man. And so many of our church leaders then took that millions of years and said, we'll put in a gap between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. And so came about the gap theory, or, you know, we'll reinterpret the days of creation, the day age theory. And many Christians, and I'd, I'd say the majority of Christian leaders from what we have researched and seen, and the majority of Bible colleges, seminaries would say, you can believe in millions of years. It doesn't matter. That's not an issue of salvation because, you know, you can be a Christian and not believe in millions of years. The Bible doesn't say you have to reject millions of years to be saved, right? Well, here's the thing. When it comes to the idea of millions of years, we've got to understand that then what you're saying is if you look at the fossil record, it's a record of death. It's a record of disease. There are diseases in the bones in the fossil record, like cancer, abscesses, arthritis, all sorts of diseases. There's evidence of animals eating each other, bones in their stomachs. And there's thorns in the fossil record said to be hundreds of millions of years old. The Bible says thorns came after the curse. And Romans 8 says the whole creation today groans because of our sin. See, if you believe in millions of years and that the fossil record of death, disease, thorns, and animals eating each other existed before man, And after God made man, he said everything he made was very good, then God's calling cancer very good. 
then what you're really saying is the world we see today with all this death and suffering and, and disease we see is God's fault because over millions of years, he uses that to supposedly bring everything about that we have today. But the Bible makes it clear it's our sin that brought death into the world. In fact, death is an enemy that'll be thrown into the lake of fire. One day there's going to be a new heavens and new earth, a restoration, which will be like it was before sin, when there'll be no more death or suffering. I'm not looking forward to going to heaven if it's all this death and suffering and disease. I mean, the Bible says, no, there's going to be a, a restitution of things because Romans 8 says, we live in a creation that groans because of sin. And if you think about it, a lot of our books in our churches for kids, Sunday schools, you open up and it says, look at this beautiful world God made. And the kids look out there and see a horrible world. It's an ugly world. There's a remnant of beauty, but it's an ugly world because of sin. If we haven't taught them the truth from Genesis, that it was a perfect world, there was no death, but now because of man's sin, now we see all this death which means you can't add millions of years. Millions of years came out of atheism. It's part of the pagan religion to explain things without God. And then for them to understand our sin messed it up. That's why God sent his son to start coming to history and die for our sin and to be raised from the dead and offers a free gift of salvation to save us from what we did. So then we have to say, okay, well, how to explain the fossil record? Well, if there was a global flood 4,300 years ago, approximately, you'd expect to find billions of dead things buried in rock layers laid down by water all over the earth. And that's what you find all over the earth. And the more you look at the fossil layers, like the Grand Canyon, they were laid down catastrophically. They could not have been laid down slowly over millions of years. And so the fossil record is not the graveyard of millions of years. It's primarily the graveyard of the flood, reminding us God judges wickedness but he provides an ark of salvation, like the ark of Noah, a picture of Jesus, one door to go through to be saved. What a difference when you believe God's word and reject a man's false ideas of millions of years. God's word makes perfect sense. And in fact, one of your resources, I remember reading where your people had made a rock. You made a rock in your lab. It was 30 days old. And they took it to these uh, us other scientists who do the carbon dating and they asked them how how old is this rock and they said oh millions of years old this rock is is so old and then your, your people replied well you know that's kind of funny because we just made it 30 days ago so well you know there's been lots of instances like Mount St. Helens when it erupted on May 18th 1980 and in the 1990s they dated the lava dome that had then sealed off the volcano and it dated to hundreds of thousands up to a few million years old there's been, you know, uh, lava come out of the ground in New Zealand, and they know when it comes out of the ground, and that's when it's zero years old, yet when they date it, it dates to millions of years old. It's to show that all these dating methods have all sorts of assumptions that certainly aren't valid. And there's been a lot of research done on that, but there's nothing in observational science that goes against the earth and the whole universe being just thousands of years old, as you would get from adding up all the dates in the Bible from the days of creation through all those genealogies. Yes, and, and I urge our listeners to please go to Answers in Genesis. When you're teaching your children, there is so many references, a, a plethora of information and, and materials for you to teach your children the correct theology. 
I can't urge that enough. I learned a great deal from that, from Answers in Genesis, studying their materials. And I also take their materials into my classes that I teach at South Florida Bible College and Theological Seminary, and I teach it to the students in my apologetics course. So parents, you can read these materials, and we will have links to everything in the show notes. So my other question, Ken, please tell us about your wonderful resources, especially for young children. Well, yeah, and that particular set is an apologetic series. And what we did was we had children of those ages write to us and tell us, what questions do you have about the Bible? You know, the interesting thing is they're the same questions that the teenagers and adults have. So we answer them at their level. How do you know there's a God? What about the races of people, dinosaurs? You know, what about the dating methods? What, what about death and suffering? I mean, we go through all of those. How can Noah get the animals on the ark? So those questions, all those questions that they have, the major questions, uh, we've answered in that set. We just came out too with um, an interesting curriculum. We have a Sunday school curriculum called Answers Bible Curriculum. It's unique in the world. It's apologetics, biblical authority, chronological, goes through the whole Bible in four years and 10,000 churches are using it and it's for all ages and really revolutionizes the way in which people understand the Bible. But we've just come out with a homeschool version of Answers Bible Curriculum. And so our homeschool version, you can use at home, even if you're not homeschooling, you can use it just as a Bible study for your kids. And really, because even most adults haven't thought through some of these issues or teenagers, it can be used for all ages. But then we have books on dinosaurs, dinosaurs for little kids, dinosaurs for older kids. Uh, We have rhyme books. My wife and I did a series, A is for Adam, D is for Dinosaur, N is for Noah, where we teach apologetics and biblical authority and doctrine using rhymes for little kids. And, you know, so there's a lot of material there at answersingenesis.org, and there's DVDs, videos. I also might mention we have a streaming service, answers.tv, and that streaming service has over 3,000 programs on it right now. And we do our conferences and our lectures, and, and we do live news programs twice a week and things like that. But We also have a lot of material for kids, Bible lessons for kids. We have music for kids. We have science experiments done here at our lab at the Creation Museum. We have over 100 now recorded uh, that you can use at home. And, you know, you can use it for homeschool or just just home talking to your kids to get them thinking from a Christian perspective. And nature programs. Peter Shreema, a filmmaker, joined us and he does these documentaries, you know, like David Attenborough did documentaries for the BBC. But ours are all creationist and Christian. We have one for little kids called Shoes Off and another one called Out and About. Answers.tv is a phenomenal resource for parents, not just for them and their teenagers, but for little kids. And I encourage people to go there. You can get a seven-day free trial. And even for a whole year, it's just over $3 US a month. And you can use it in your church. You can use it publicly anywhere you want. Uh, We want to get this message out. So that and going to our answersingenesis.org website. You know, this is why I love you and your organization and what you're doing, because it's you're doing it because of your love for the Lord and you see what's happening in the world. And you, we need to make disciples. Well, you know, in order to make disciples, we have to educate them properly, discipline them, educate them. And from the womb to age seven to 10, that's where that foundation is laid. And it's so important. Is there anything else you'd like to share, Ken, with my listeners today? Uh, Let me also say, well, two things. One is, hey, another way to really help train your kids is bring them to the Ark and the Creation Museum. As you said, you've been here and 
we have families who just love coming here and thousands and thousands of people. We've had over 10 million people come to the Ark and the Creation Museum since they opened. The Ark opened in 2016, the Creation Museum in 2007. And it's a great place for families, the leading Christian-themed attractions in the world. But one more thing I want to say is this. You know, it only takes one generation to lose a culture. And if you think of what happened when Joshua crossed the Jordan River and God told them to tell the people to build a memorial of 12 stones, uh, why? So that when your children in time to come ask, what do these stones mean? You won't forget to tell them what God has done. And what happened? Well, when Joshua died and the elders that were with him died, it says the next generation rose and served Baal. They lost it in one generation. And if you read Psalm 78, I'd encourage every father and mother but specifically fathers to read Psalm 78. Fathers teach your children so they'll not forget to teach their children. Fathers teach your children so they'll not teach their children and then teach their children. And it says, and don't be like the fathers that forgot to teach their children. You know, I think the Israelite fathers just took it for granted. Oh yeah, we crossed the Jordan River. Yeah, we, you know, Red Sea is a miracle and so on. And just took it for granted. Somehow the younger generation would grow up knowing the things of the Lord, but you have got to teach them and you've got to teach them diligently. And if you don't do that, uh, you can lose them. And unfortunately, they're being lost from the church today and from our Christian homes. And so we have an obligation, a responsibility before the Lord to raise up our children the way God has told us to. Yes. And in Psalm 78, it says, teach even to the children yet to be born. You know, Jeremiah, uh, Samuel, David, Paul, Timothy, they were taught from before they were born and in infancy. Yes. You know, it's so important that we teach them to the young children to start teaching our young children. It's never too early and use words, salvation, resurrection, the blood of Christ. Don't hold back anything because you never know when they're going to grasp a concept. Well, so it's like uh, Paul said about Timothy, that from a child, you have known the scriptures. We've got to teach them to acquire a taste of the things of the Lord right from when they're born and praying for them before they're born. Yes. Thank you. And I, I'm so happy that you're on my show today. And again, please, you know, I live in uh, South Florida, so I can access uh, Disney and all these theme parks. And I've been to them. I've taken my kids to them. But if you go to the Ark Encounter or the Creation Museum, I'm telling you, you are going to be blown away. It is utterly amazing. Your children will say, forget Disney. Let's go to the Ark Encounter again. And that you can go to both of them. They're fairly relatively close together. You can make it a family trip to see both of these wonderful, wonderful exhibits. And Leanne, they are the quality or better than the quality of Disney and Universal Studios. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Ken, for being on our show today. And may God continue to bless you and everything you're doing. It's a pleasure, Leanne. And may we all work together to raise strong Christian kids. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.